the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're married, give a good and warm, safe greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good, warm morning, hug or welcome with a special social distancing safety, of course, to your children and to all those who you live with. Do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good holy Sunday morning with God. Good Sunday morning, my dearly beloved friends. Uh, Welcome. Let us wake up the dawn, and uh, let us, as we said in the introduction, please show a sign of love for one another. Please curse less. Please hate less. Please kill less. Please compromise less. Please try to understand that beyond the life of the flesh, we have a soul, and our souls are immortal. And being immortal, we need to triumph against mortality. And the way to triumph against death is to follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He killed death by dying and redeemed us and he opened the gates of heaven today on the the sunday i like us uh, to pray thinking about the words of saint irenaeus one of the fathers of the church who said christ opened heaven for us in the manhood he assumed when christ became man christ preached peace when christ became man christ acted with love forgave the sinners accompanied the people healed the lame, cast out demons, and walked upon the sea, opened the eyes of the blind. This is the doing of Jesus when he came in the flesh. Our doing in the flesh, it seems, is totally the opposite. We adore our flesh, it seems. We kill more. We hate more. We go on smoking more. We go on drinking more. Abuse of substance more. Suicide more. Egoism and selfishness more. It's almost totally the opposite of what Jesus taught us to live in our flesh. I pray today that we let the Lord enter, the Lord's entry into his temple. I want us to close our eyes. I want us to welcome this morning and allow the Lord to open wide the gates of your hearts. Spalancati le porte. As we say in Italian, Pope John Paul II said in his opening homily, I tell you, open wide the doors. So, let us pray with that in Psalm 24, that the Lord will come and enter into us. Who can climb the Lord's mountain or stand in his holy place? O gates, lift high your heads. Grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter the King of glory. Who is the King of glory? 
the Lord, the mighty, the valiant, the Lord, the valiant in war. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors, let him enter the king of glory. Who is he, the king of glory? He, the Lord of armies, he is the king of glory. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Good Sunday morning with Father Andre today has a very special guest with us as we continue to speak about the divine alarm of the past century, namely the 20th century, about the upcoming diabolical crisis of conscience, the global persecution against the church, the wars of nations, and the crisis of the faith. But namely something for America is very interesting. Is America the grip of the devil through which the devil is dismantling faith, persecuting the church, causing this arrogance to happen and the sickness and the death and the diseases and the pandemics and uh, this, this breakage that is happening inside the family, inside religion, inside every um, ethnicity, every culture, ethics are falling down. Or America will lead the world the way Our Lady foreseen it and spoke about it when she appeared in the United States in America to say that a time will come in which America will lead the world in purity and in charity. So we're talking about how will America answer the crisis of conscience, nations, and faith. Would America repent? Would America expiate? Would America suffer? Would America grow in virtue? Because the soul of Americans are definitely affected and everything has become blasphemous. And we can no longer not answer. We can no longer not take a position. Because remember in my opening prayer, God is the God of armies. And God will come and he will chastise. And the victory will be his and ours with him. With this, i like us today to welcome a very special guest via the phone, Dr. Robert Sanginis, an author, physicist, and biblical exegist, interpreting and explaining scripture along um, with us today. And he's a friend of Matt Werner, who we met last uh, Sunday. He was with us here in the studio, the president of Queen of Apostles Ministry. Today, um, uh, Robert will speak about his book, Fatima Fulfilled But Still Foreboding. Fulfilled, but still foreboding. And definitely, he, I'm going to ask him to comment on the place of Fatima and the global warning about these upcoming wars of the 20th century and the 21st century. With this, uh, good Sunday morning with Father Andre, and welcome, Dr. Robert. Thank you, Father. Nice to be here with you today. Thank you so very much. I am, I am really, I'm reading the, the, the book that Sylvia uh, printed for me. And um, first of all, I wanted to know, is Fatima, um, I, want to, I want you to answer this question, is Fatima only for Catholics? No, it's for everybody. Why? Well, because it was a worldwide display from heaven in a miracle that occurred in the sun, uh, even though it, it, it uh, was portrayed only over Portugal, the message contained in it was meant for the whole world. 
and Our Lady specified that in her message to Sister Lucia. So that's how we know it's much bigger than just a local event. I see. And um, I am really interested to let the people know, because, you know, this is a beautiful conservative Christian radio station, and it airs um, in many places here in Colorado and abroad through the podcast. And um, I want them to understand that messenger that came and she said, God willed that a, um, a, a project for peace, an initiative, she called it, the initiative for peace from heaven will come in my honor as a queen of peace and all the nations. Did the nations listen to the message of Fatima or it's still ignored or not heard of? Well, it wasn't really the nations that were responsible to listen to it because the message was directed to the Pope, the Pope. of the Catholic Church. And that was the first Pope it was directed to was Pius XI, in 1929, when Our Lady came to visit Sister Lucia in, in a vision, and she told Sister Lucia at that time that now is the time that I want the consecration of Russia. See, and that's how we know that it was a worldwide uh, issue, because nowhere before had heaven mentioned the name Russia. Here we are with heaven mentioning a particular nation of the world that's going to affect the whole world. So we know the whole world is involved, but it's the Pope's responsibility, not Russia, to do this consecration that heaven had asked for in 1929. Unfortunately, however, Pius XI didn't do anything about it, and that took place for the next 10 years. He was Pope until 1939, and he had done nothing to fulfill this request from heaven. Uh, that fell on the shoulders of Pius XII, the next pope. And uh, even he was, what we could say, dragging his feet. And, and, and he was doubtful. He was to do. And he was doubtful about Fatima, right? That's right. He, he was doubtful that the whole thing ever occurred. Now, that's, un, that's not really what you would call the proper... But then uh, it's funny, he grew in faith, and this is the same pope who in 1942 tried to do a consecration without Russia, but then in 1952 he did the consecration of the Russian peoples, right? Um, yes. That's the same uh, pope. There's some details to that we should know, however. The 1942 consecration was a deal that Sister Lucia, under the advisement of her advisor, Father Consalvis, had made with our Lord. In other words, what happened was Father Consalvis came to Sister Lucia and said, well, we can't get Pius XII to do the consecration. What can we do? He says, I'll tell you what we should do. We should go and ask the Lord if he will allow Pius to do a consecration of the world with a special mention of Russia at the tail end of the consecration. Uh -huh. So Sister Lucia went to the Lord and asked him, and the Lord said, yes, you can do that, but the blessing is going to be half as much as it was if he would do the proper consecration that I that heaven had asked for earlier. So um, not knowing what else to do, Sister Lucia went back to Pius XII and said, our Lord said you could do a consecration of the world, but here's what's going to happen. The peace that was going to come immediately, it's not going to come for two and a half years. 
and that would be 1945, when World War II ended. And she said that the conversion of Russia that was promised, if he did the proper consecration, that, our Lord said, will not come until, quote, later, later. unquote. He didn't specify what he meant by later, but he meant later than the period of peace that was going to come. So Pius XII went ahead and did his consecration of the world under the vigilance of our Lord, but he didn't mention Russia. So not only did he not do that one right, the first one right, he didn't do the second one right. Uh, but the Lord said, because you did consecrate, consecrate the world and we made this arrangement, I will bring the peace in two and a half years, and the conversion of Russia, Russia will come later, and then we'll see what happens. Uh, and that's exactly what history shows us. Uh, Dr. The, Robert, world War II ended in 1945, and... Um, Later, the conversion of Russia would come, as you mentioned, because Our Lady would come back to Pius XII through, our, through Sister Lucia in May of 1952 and ask him for the consecration of Russia, which he did two months later in July, in July 7th. on the 7th of July, 1952. And I, after that, things started to change in Russia. I want to, I wanna, first of all, I want to make sure... Um, I love to have you for another episode that we can uh, we can do next week if possible because this topic interests me, and I do believe um, um, I still insist in re-asking you or repositioning my first question to you. In 1929, there was the La Latiranese, according to which the Italian government acknowledged the Vatican as a state, which means as a nation, basically. And he appointed the very first ambassador to the Vatican. I guess this was my meaning. Our Lady knew in the divine intelligence that now the Vatican is a state, is a country, and it has representations all over the governments of the world. And, and, and it seems that the Vatican has somehow uh, failed the message of heaven and did not commit to spread the message to the leaders of the nations, telling them, on your conscience, as a president or as queens or as kings or as leaders or whoever you are, leaders of nations, on your conscience sits the future of life, of peace, of faith, of family in the whole world. This was basically the bottom line of her message, and repent, definitely, yes, we know. The rest of it, the Vatican was supposed to orchestrate. Um, my, my, my repositioning of the question is, I could tell you wanted to see, after Russia was consecrated, even though in 1952 in such a way, the moral condition of Russia changed. And today the president moral condition in Russia, people can argue, is much better, much better than the moral condition of people in the United States. I know this is a tough question for our listeners. It's a very tough and sad reality. But do you agree, Dr. Robert, for those who are joining us, this is a good Sunday morning with Father Andre, and we have with us via phone Dr. Robert Sanginis, an author, physicist, biblical exegist, and uh, he wrote a beautiful book about Fatima fulfilled but still foreboding. And uh, we're talking to him on, on this. Um, so, yes, Father, I would say in almost every category, I looked them all up on the Internet. Abor abortion, divorce, um, alcoholism, sexual things, pornography, in every single category, Russia leads the United States and, and a, a large part of the world today in that she has basically reversed her her uh, 
previous moral condition. So Rav Sack converted. The one, that we, the one that was in the 1917s, 20s, 30s, and 40s. Until 1993, they made Christianity a part of their constitution of the Russian Federation. Can you repeat that? People may not know that. So basically you're saying Russia converted and the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary was really accepted by the Russian people. Is that right? Yeah, well, most importantly, it was accepted by heaven. By heaven. And heaven orchestrated the conversion of Russia that our Lord, in 1943, said was going to come later. Now we know what that later means, because now Russia has done a 180-degree turn from what it used to be in 1917. Wow, and Russia adopted Christianity, and you gave us examples. You're talking about the moral situation. Um, you know, last week with, uh, um, with Matt, um, he, 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 I quote him, he said, America has become a decadent pagan culture. And you're saying, right. and, and, and now you're saying Russia basically adopted totally a Christianity, a Christianity. Does yeah, that... there are some commentators I read who said Russia is the last best hope for mankind as far as Christianity is concerned. Russia is the last best hope for, for mankind as far as Christianity is concerned. These are strong words and uh, the, the, the nature of, of, of these words. Are they because the plan of heaven? has been given to Russia, who spread the errors of communism, to redeem us and to stop these errors? Is it because they know every bits and piece of the errors of the communism, the evil that they themselves and somehow created? Does it have to do with the engineering of evil? I think so. I think so. The people, um, you know, we don't know exactly how heaven works in all this. We just know that after a certain amount of time, we begin to see things change. And sometimes they change miraculously, but we don't know how the Spirit moves. But he's been moving, that is for sure. Yes, and yes. now under Putin, President Putin, they have gone by leaps and bounds in the direction of Christianity. And he's, he's changing that society almost every year. New and good things come into Russia. Wow. Dr. Robert, I, I want to, we are on a beautiful conservative uh, Christian radio station. And uh, I want you to explain to a Christian person who is non-Catholic, uh, first of all, conversion. Does it only mean Catholics? That's one. Two, what does Fatima or what must Fatima mean to every Christian in America? Those two things, if you can. Yes. Conversion does not mean to Catholicism. Um, <laughs> if that was the case, then Our Lady would have come to Russia in 1054 A.D. when she split from the Catholic Church and told her she better get back in. But no such message from heaven ever came. The only time heaven came and made an intrusion into the Russian nation was when she turned atheistic under the Bolsheviks in 1917. And the whole country basically was atheistic. And what heaven was concerned about was that this atheism would spread to the rest of the world. And indeed it was. In 1929, for example, the year that you mentioned, where the Vatican gained its uh, worldly power, uh, Stalin was the one who came into power in 1929, and he was even worse than Lenin. 
So that's why Our Lady came in 1929, because she knew that things were going to get bad if something was not done about Russia. And Stalin's daughter met Pope Pius XII, I believe. Am I right? Or Pope John XXIII? He what? I'm sorry? Um, Stalin's daughter. Didn't she meet with Pope Pius XII and Pope John XXIII? Did, did she meet with one of them or no? Um, not John XXIII, I don't think, as he was dead by then. Um, I'm not sure on that on that fact there, Father, so I can't verify it for I, you. I know. I wanted to see if you covered in your book the secret relations of communist Russia with the Vatican, because I know behind the Vatican abstinence, to be reasonable, it sounds like as if the Vatican did not want to declare a consecration. But I know deep down, if you look at the archives of the Vatican, there was lots of communist emissaries, including until the time of Pope John Paul II, to deny the opportunity of the consecration of Russia. The communist party was very active inside the Vatican, asking the Vatican not to consecrate and not even to mention communism. Yes. And, and therefore, they yes. did not mention it in the Second Council of the Vatican, where over 3,000 bishops from all over the world, a Muslim representative, religious representative of other religions, all came. It would have been the perfect opportunity. The Pope did not yes, mention exactly. communism. Am, am I right? the problem of Pius XI. Uh, he was into what is called the Ostapolic <laughs> which is the political relationship with the Russian nation, with the Vatican. And that's why he never did the consecration, because he was too busy making political movements toward Russia under the Ostapolic. And he did that for his whole 10 years after he received the message in 1929. Pius XII was more or less doing the same thing. He was trying to make political maneuverings with Russia. And this was not what heaven wanted. Because she knew that Russia was just going to use and abuse the Vatican, not capitulate to any kind of political, um, you know, uh, balance in the world. For those who are joining us, we still have about five minutes. This is Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre, and we have uh, such a wonderful guest, Dr. Robert Sanginis, the author of Fatima Fulfilled, but still foreboding. And uh, now what's still for the foreboding part about the book? That's what I wanted to ask you. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> that uh, deals with what the Vatican had done and not um, uh, condemning communism. That's one result of the foreboding part. The other foreboding part is the fact that the church herself would um, become very lax in her morals and in her teaching of the faith, as we see today. Uh, we've seen that all through the last part of the 20th century, where the church has had the worst scandal it has ever had in its 2,000-year history, the homosexual pedophile scandal. Uh-huh. Um, we have all kinds of things that are going on in the church today that show us that what? The third secret is still ongoing. You see, the second secret was fulfilled because Russia was consecrated. But the third secret talks about all the bad things that are going to happen in the church. And that's still going on today. And that's the, the, and the, the second episode I like to cover with you, um, um, with your permission, uh, speaking about the third secret that's still ongoing, because that's the part in which still foreboding, basically. That's what we're going to yes. talk about. I want, in one minute, can you let us know who's more dangerous, the former communist Russia or the present communist China? <laughs> that would have to be China, I would say. How about who's more dangerous, a secularist anti-Christian America or the communism? 
Well, see, communism, we can point to it and, and know what it is. America, we pretend that we're good. We're, we pretend that we're Christian. Sneaky. And yet we do some of the worst things in the world, like homosexuality and abortion and divorce and all kinds of things. <laughs> so we have a shroud over us that makes us look like we're good. But China, you know, they are communists and we've, they've always been communists. So... Um, I would say we're more dangerous because more dangerous. we pretend to be good when we're really bad. Do we have enough good people in America to turn the tides, Dr. Robert? What is the message today, this Sunday morning, to the people of faith in your last closing? There remarks? is always hope. How do All we it start? takes is one person. In Jeremiah 5, 1, God says, if I can find one person in the city who does good, I will save the city. And that's still true in America today. So there is hope for America. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Robert. This is amazing. Let us, you and me, um, cry out with joy to God, all the earth, or sing to the glory of his name, or render him glorious praise. Say to God, how tremendous your deeds. When your son was unjustly condemned, Lord God and Heavenly Father, and surrounded by the impious, he cried to you, and you set him free. Watch over your good people here in America and in all over the world, in Afghanistan, in Lebanon, in Africa, in China, all over the world where there is suffering. These people are your treasure. Treat your faithful people as a treasure of your heart and guide their steps along safe path that they may see your face. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 6 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.